Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 27th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. That is our great solution, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. I said that, but I'll say it again. Why? Because as you hear the broadcast unfold today, you'll say, yeah, it's worth repeating, Sam, because people need to know where you really stand. Welcome to the broadcast. By the way, one of the greatest peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips is to use the checks and balances the Founding Fathers gave us. Absolutely brilliant. And one of the great peaceful solutions we do have available to us. By the way, our website, libertyroundtable.com, second website, lovingliberty.net. Both of those sites have live and on-demand radio free at your fingertips. Spread the word. Donate liberally, please. And welcome to the broadcast. A quick recap of yesterday's show. It was a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back, one heart, one mind, one issue at a time weekend. And we had our guest on, No Not Lil Nelson. He was uh, taking a family personal break. But uh, we had our good buddy Chris Carlson jump into the broadcast with us. And Chris created and distributed an educational fire about the COVID-19 hoax for his neighborhood. Yeah, he really passed it out among all of his clients in the business that he works at. Uh, He works for himself, so he's allowed to do that without getting fired, don't you know? Uh, Anyway, he was able to pass that out and spread the word saying, you know what, folks, this is a sham. It's not even a vaccine. He went through the litany uh, of details on it. Um, I guess he says like a 15, 16 page. It's more than a flyer. (laughs) But anyway, good for Chris setting the example to really understand that it's not about violence. It's about education. And whether you do it through the spoken word as I do or flyers as Chris Carlson's doing, the key is for us all to learn and to understand how we can make a difference, how we can participate in the solutions. What does God inspire us to do to defend the sacred cause of liberty? And that really is the key. Anyway, so we commend Chris, but we talked about Chris defending the God-given sacred gift of agency. You know, do we have agency? You've heard of the red diaper doper baby stuff, right? What about the cocoa diaper face covered population, huh? Yeah, that's kind of the problem. All right, it turns out that Kamala Harris is now in charge of the White House. Yeah, I guess a leaked memo via email uh, was leaked. It's a directive. Please be sure to reference the current administration as the Biden-Harris administration, it said. It's an an official public communication. It was bolded and highlighted in a way that said, hey, this is a 
departure from the norm. You know, it used to be the Clinton administration, the Bush administration, the Carter, whatever, right? Now it's the Biden-Harris administration. And many are saying they're setting the stage for, what do you want to say it? For Kamala Harris to kind of be the de facto president or maybe the official president right now. She's the de facto. The debate rages about what this all means. Is it just kind of a broadening the scope and giving a woman more authority or more recognition? Or is this really about some transfer of power, of responsibilities? The real problem, ladies and gentlemen, is if Joe Biden is transferring power to Kamala, um, does he have authority to do that? You know what? Well, you can debate whether he was elected to be president in the first place, right? I submit to you the election is fraudulent. That's an opinion to which I'm entitled. I know all kinds of companies are being sued. Dominion just sued Fox. So everybody and their dog getting sued, they say it'll, it'll give new rails and guidelines. You know, it's like in a bowling alley how you have those little rails for children or whatever you call those things, right? It'll put new rails on the media to make sure they don't speak out of turn. See, that's the problem today is government thinks they have control of free speech. They think that they're the police thought Nazis about what you can say, what you can believe, what you can think. Because, hey, they define what truth is. You don't. Nobody else does. They say, hey, what you're saying is a lie, and then they can sue you for libel and slander. And, you know, that's the problem. Where do you go with all that? Who decides truth and lies? How do you, right? It's a big battle. Anyway, the point is, if Joe Biden is transferring any power to Kamala Harris, any authority, giving her any presidential responsibilities, the people elected Joe Biden, that's if you could even accept the current or the past, most recent, I should say, election. Uh, But aside from that, now, Joe might be transferring power to somebody without a true uh, following of the guidelines set forth in the Constitution, the supreme law of our land. See, that is a serious, serious problem indeed. And sadly, it's even a serious allegation to make. Now, I'm not making the allegations. I'm just telling you, when you see leaked memo directives like this that are official, you can say, well, how do you know it's official? You know what? Most news services have this headline. So, you know, maybe the, do I dare say the Biden-Harris administration? (laughs) Maybe Joe Biden needs to speak out boldly, nobly, clearly, independently about what's happening and what's not happening. And maybe Joe owes it to the American people to speak out boldly about where his health really is. Is he able to lead this nation? Does he have the cognitive skills to truly carry out his duties, to administer to his duties uh, as the president of the United States of America? And if not, shouldn't the people be aware of and told that? Would it be a crime to hide uh, that from the American people? If Joe Biden is not cognitively capable of leading this nation, of making the decisions necessary, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is that a criminal offense? Who would be involved? Would it, be, would it rise to the level of treason? These are fair, honest, open questions. And some would say, no, Sam, that's just because you hate Joe and you're on the conservative side of the spectrum. And you know what? All those are lies. Okay, it's a fair question to ask anybody if they're cognitively capable of leading this nation. And as you know, even an elderly person, if they sign something or, you know, do something relating to their financial well-being or to their, um, to their health, giving, you know, some type of health directives and everything else, and we find out that they're not competent to make those decisions, many times those transactions are unwound or reversed. Well, imagine 
being responsible for the decisions regarding a nation. Imagine swearing an oath. Yeah, taking an oath to administer those duties, but not being able to perform them. If those around you are pulling the strings or making those decisions in ways that may be contrary to what you would do, is that a serious problem? I say that it is. This is a national security question, ladies and gentlemen. But not only now are they saying that Kamala Harris is being in charge of more and more and more things, you can say, well, maybe that directive isn't valid, Sam. Maybe you misinterpret the directive, Sam. Maybe. Fine. But when Biden blatantly, openly responds to the border crisis by saying, let Harris handle it. What? This adds fuel to that fire, to say the least, right? Is that significant fuel to that fire? Now, agents, by the way, that's Border Patrol agents, released 2,000 illegal aliens into the United States population without a coronavirus test. Yeah. Without even telling them to appear in court. I kid you not. This is true. WND.com with the details on this one. Right? This is a problem. That's what's going on. So not only is Joe Biden saying let Harris handle it, but agents release 2,000 illegals and not even directing them to go to court. You're just free to go. So let me get this right. If I decide to walk around outside in Hawaii, they'll arrest me for not having a mask on. But illegals can just cross our border and you're free to go. Biden turning that responsibility over to Kamala. Does he have authority to do that? See, I think that's where we start to run into serious, serious national security problems. Biden admin calls on SCOTUS or the Supreme Court to let police enter homes and confiscate guns without even a warrant, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious business, folks. I'm telling you right now. Um, this idea is insane. And when you swear an oath to the supreme law of the land, you swear an oath not only to the Constitution of the United States of America, but the Bill of Rights as well, that you will uphold them from enemies, foreign and domestic. And if your administration is literally calling on the courts to give you authority to literally go into people's homes to breach the sanctity of a home, right? Enter homes, confiscate guns without warrants. You're literally becoming the great domestic enemy yourself. In fact, Utah Senator Mike Lee goes as far as to say this about it. Gun control has racist roots and suppresses minorities. He's right as rain about that, folks. He's completely right. All right, we also talked about violent tornadoes raking Alabama. Nearby states bracing for impact. Authorities rush to aid Alabama residents as violent, long-track tornadoes savage the state. What a sad tale to tell. Wow. Anyway, our prayers are with the folks in Alabama, ladies and gentlemen. We must turn to our God for protection if we want him to heal our land. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hard-hitting talk straight ahead on your favorite talk station. The 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am Sam Bushman, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk, six days a week, two hours a day. Award-winning headlines and more from Liberty Roundtable Live, syndicated by LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale, donate liberally, and more. LovingLiberty.net. Check out our iPhone and Android phone apps for live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. Wow, we got a lot to cover. So we had on uh, second hour Dr. Scott Bradley with me. His whole life's mission as an adult has been to preserve the nation. Wow. He's got a collegiate series about that, a homeschool curriculum. It's a book. Uh, it's uh, homeschool work books, etc. So it's a book, a series of workbooks. It's lectures on DVD, stand-up and deliver collegiate-style lectures and more. It's all available, ladies and gentlemen, at freedomrisingsun.com, as well as his well over a thousand videos library, um, all relating to constitutional concepts, constitutional topics to help you understand how to preserve the nation, how to protect the country, how to get in the minds and the hearts and the thoughts and the beliefs and the understandings of the founding fathers so that you can carry forward their legacy and restore the republic peacefully, nobly, independently. Freedomsrisingsun.com is where you go for that. So doc, the, the good Dr. Scott Bradley was with me, and we talked about the fact that Joe Biden literally, and I, and I questioned his competency, um, I told you why the directive that was leaked. That's one reason. The second reason is he blatantly said, let's turn over the border to Kamala. The third reason, though, is that Joe Biden brings cheat sheets outlining key policy points to the press conference. 
Oh, yeah. They say the press conference for um, Joe Biden got mixed reviews. They also say that, hey, <laughs> it's been the longest any president has taken to hold a press conference. The press conference was very, very limited in scope and discussion points. He called on favorite reporters and gave them follow-up questions, but the rest of us simply got lampooned and just, uh, taken out of the mix or the discussion. But then Joe Biden literally has to refer to cheat sheets outlining key policy points at the press conference. This is insane. If Donald Trump had done that, um, just think of the backlash that he would be getting. But, of course, no one is saying anything about this. It's like it's no big deal. But if you literally have to have prompts on the primary focus of your administration, that's very concerning, to say the least. If you have to have prompts to understand that rioting in different places of the country, that uh, the Capitol was breached to remind you of these things, that's a scary scenario for the commander-in-chief to be in, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. We also talked about the fact that Biden is a national security threat and can simply not be trusted. Okay? You can say, well, Sam, wait a minute now. This guy's been a public servant for like 40-plus years. He's been a senator. He's been, you know, this guy, the, the scrappy uh, politician from Scranton, Ohio. This guy's a, a good guy, Sam. He's been around for a long time. and Yeah, but we're not saying he's an evil person. We're just simply saying his mental faculties aren't there. When you have to bring cheat sheets to a press conference as the president of the United States to keep up on fundamental basics, key policy points kind of stuff to a press conference, then you kind of go, what? When you start literally turning over huge chunks of your responsibilities um, to Kamala, you know, most, vice, most vice presidents sit in the background and do supportive tasks and roles. Um, Joe Biden now kind of taking the supportive role and putting Kamala out there as the key decision maker. That's problematic to say the least. You put that all together and I say Biden is a national security threat, not because he's evil himself, but because he's not handling these key policy issues. He's not dealing with them in effective ways. All right. That is the quintessential issue here, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now, Kamala Harris, believe it or not, and this is why Biden can't be trusted. He's turning over authority to a lady. There's many allegations that he that she slept her way to the top. You can say, well, that's unsubstantiated. No, I don't think so. Willie from San Francisco, that's the man that she was involved with that gave her the political start, blatantly suggests that that's the case. And he was the one that was with her. He was the politician that kind of traded favors for, you know, there you go, right? And, and so it goes south from there. But this girl, in addition to her compromised situation, from a moral point of view, she's got even greater compromising concerns, in my opinion, which are these. Kamala Harris has close ties with Marxist, socialists, and communists. Kamala Harris has deep communist connections, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a simple matter to be ignored. These are serious, serious concerns. We've got a commander-in-chief that can't really cognitively handle it. 
You've got a second in command that literally has flat out ties, strong ties and connections to Marxists, socialists and communists. They're coming for your guns. They're letting the border leak like a sieve to where illegals are coming across thousands at a time. I bring it up and say it's a national security concern, and they say, oh, Sam, you must be a white supremacist. I'm going, have you, have you lost your mind? But that's the narrative that we have today in America, right? So we talked about money. Uh, myself and Dr. Scott Bradley, you know, Dr. Bradley said, Sam, what would you ask at a national press conference if you could talk to the president and ask him a question? I said, I'd ask a couple of questions about national security. I would also ask about honest money, okay? It costs 38 paper dollars for one silver eagle silver dollar. The United States has minted on the silver eagle silver dollar, 2021, mind you, that it says a dollar on the front of it. We also have paper dollars that say they're a dollar on the front of it, and I'd like the president to tell me which dollar is the real one and which one's the fake news dollar, Right? And then I'll ask the president to get rid of the other one. Get rid of the fake news dollar. Just keep the good one, the real one. Which would that be, Joe? All right. Anyway, we had a great conversation with not only Chris Carlson, but with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on yesterday's broadcast. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. If you missed it, it is available at LibertyRoundTable.com. It is available at LovingLiberty.net. You can download the iPhone and or the Android app, and listen not only live but on demand. You can also follow the Twitter feed for Loving Liberty uh, on there. You can't follow the Liberty Roundtable live Twitter feed because Twitter kicked us off. Yeah, we reported that, you know what, <laughs> there is a credible group of physicians and scientific professionals that have done a bunch of research in Israel, and they say more elderly people are dying from the vaccines than they are from the COVID itself. Well, they put together a study. It was reported on in LifeSite News and other places. I managed to find the headline and bring it up and talk about it. And then I tweeted out the headline to that study. Lo and behold, Twitter shuts me down saying that I'm not allowed to peddle unsubstantiated against what? Credible facts? News. And my response is, who's in charge of the credible facts? I didn't tell you this is a fact. I'm telling you there's a research study out of Israel with credible physicians and people who are scientists and people who are in the know. I'm merely telling you about that study. But, of course, it upends the official government-backed narrative, right? And, therefore, I'm not allowed to do that. They said, Sam, we love you. We know you can get caught up in scandals. And if you want to recant, if you want to capitulate, if you want to take down um, the reference to that, we'll be glad to put you on Twitter. But I'm refusing to take it down because here's the question. Do I have a report, right to report on the news out there in the world? Just because Twitter doesn't like the narrative or doesn't like the conclusions of these science leaders and these medical professionals um, because it upends the official narrative. It doesn't jive with the, we're going to sell you vaccines and they're safe and effective and everybody's taking them and you should too. And we go on and on and around and around. What if we find out 
a year later or two years later that I was right on the news and Twitter and the official narrative was wrong. Right? Well, that won't matter, Sam. We just shut you down anyway, buddy. See, that's the problem. And so I won't take it down because I submit that I have the right to report on it. Now, I've been honestly thinking about suing, literally suing Twitter over this. The problem is, I don't know if I have the money. Right? It's going to take a lot of money to sue these people. you got to have enough to see it through, and I can't get enough donations to make that happen, and I can't handle it all myself. All right, quick pause. I'm Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. A new record set for COVID vaccinations in the U.S. The number of vaccine doses administered Friday almost three and a half million. The White House says that's the most ever in a single day. Still, the U.S. is averaging at least 50,000 cases and 1,000 deaths a day. That is CDC Director Rochelle Walensky worried. We have seen cases and hospital admissions move from historic declines to stagnations to increases. And we know from prior surges that if we don't control things now, there is a real potential for the epidemic curve to soar again. Meanwhile, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is saying this week he wants all schools to be open for in-person learning this fall. But he says on The View Friday that won't necessarily mean the end of remote learning. We need to really think about how we're going to reimagine what school looks like in the future. Why can't remote opportunities be a part of this process? Cardona also says being vaccinated won't be mandatory to re-enter the classroom. This is USA Radio News. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by March 31st. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. The man who sold the gun used in the Colorado shooting shocked and heartbroken. John Mark Eagleton owns the store where Amadalisa bought a Ruger AR-556 less than a week before allegedly killing 10 people in a Boulder grocery store. Eagleton says the 21-year-old Elisa passed a background check and the Colorado Bureau of Investigations approved the sale. Meanwhile, investigators continue searching for a motive into Monday's shooting. Boulder County District Attorney Michael Daugherty making a pledge Friday. To the victims, families, and to this community, I promise you that we will work tirelessly to make sure that the right thing happens in that case. That is my firm and solemn commitment. And everyone in this building, everyone connected to this investigation, shares that determination 
and focus. Elisa charged with 10 counts of murder. More charges pending. Doherty says the trial will likely take at least a year. Two people killed in a shooting in Virginia happening Friday night in Virginia Beach. Some of the injured dealing with life-threatening injuries. The suspect shot and killed by Virginia Beach police. This is USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman, and I'm breaking down. So they shut me down on Twitter over the Coco reporting. You better report what they want you to, or else you know what? They're going to shut you down and say you're a purveyor of fake news. You're a peddler of things that are against the administration's standards. And uh, you know what? They are the fact. Uh, What do they call this thing? The Ministry of Facts, if you will. It's a serious problem indeed. Let me report on something else that I don't think they'll let me to report on. I've got several things here that are really interesting highlights for you. So there's a guy. He's with the John Hopkins School of Medicine. Okay, this guy's a professor there. All right, so do you think the professor at the John Hopkins School of Medicine is credible? His name is Dr. Marty Mackery. And he blasted public health officials, what for you ask? For their dire predictions on the spread of coronavirus 19. He said that the continued hype about how awful it is and how bad it is and may have caused a loss of credibility with the public. All right, so you got this John Hopkins School of Medicine professor Dr. Marty Macri saying, you know what? You've got a credibility crisis, folks. Fox News anchor Charles Payne brought back Macri on the world segment after playing clips from Center for Disease Control or CDC Prevention Director Rochelle Walensky warning of another, quote, potential surge of the cocoa. Also, then they brought on senior White House medical advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, pointing to Europe as another evidence of another significant wave could happen in the United States, continuing to hype, 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 Coco, how bad it is when everybody should just run around. Don't look now, but behind you is the coronavirus kind of an idea, and everybody in panic and fear, and, well, are they peddling the porn of fear? Yes, they are. But he asks the question, this doctor, he says this, Is there a danger in losing credibility when the medical establishment, you know, makes these claims, makes these sort of warnings to us over and over? Payne asked. It seems like they're walking a really tight rope here. You know what? You can only cry wolf so many times. And the reality is we're very different from Europe. All right. So he said, I don't think it's honest for public officials to keep hyping, hyping, hyping this narrative. And some people are saying maybe it's the money sloshing around that's really encouraging people to not be honest with the narrative. Okay, what happens when you have a scary prediction from government public officials that turns out not to be true? Remember how the influenza was going to combine with viruses and become kind of the Frankenstein of illness? 
Well, it never turned out. Didn't happen. We didn't even have flu that year. They claimed it was a surge on top of a surge that never surged. Okay? The problem is they have a credibility crisis, and this doctor is pointing it out. Now, we know the coronavirus has killed a lot of Americans, and we're not saying that's okay. But we are saying, when do you have a credibility problem on your hands? Right? That's really the question that we're discussing at this point. That really is the issue that matters, right? Now, I reported this one guy to you, this Mac whatever guy, this doctor from John Hopkins University. Is he allowed to say that or is that speculation? Uh, is that peddling fake news that's outside of the scope of allowable, reportable topics with the viewpoint or slant in question, right? Well, it gets worse or better depending on who you ask. Uh, now former CDC director, guy's name is Robert Redfield, okay? He said, forget the narrative that the COVID-19 uh, just naturally was, you know, came out of a wet whatever animal, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, right? He said, no, the coronavirus came from a Wuhan, China lab. And it started months earlier than we all knew. Now, let me just stop you there for a second. And I don't mean to go into an I told you so mode, but I've been telling people right from the start of this coronavirus that, you know what? <laughs> it did start months, months before we knew. And everybody laughed at me and went, no, Sam, how do you know that? You don't even know and can't be true. Well, now you got Robert Redfield, former CDC, former <laughs> Center for Disease Control and Prevention saying the same thing that I said. Okay, I don't know if it came from a Wuhan lab or not, because I believe the United States might have been involved in it. It might have came from our labs. Who knows, um, you know, exactly where it came from. But the fact is it came from a lab. And the fact is this CDC director, Robert Redfield, former CDC director, saying, hey, same thing. COVID-19 came from a lab and it started months earlier than we were told. He says, I'm a virologist. I have spent my lifetime in virology, and I'm telling you this. Anyway, Art Moore, WND.com with the piece. Now, are they allowed to report that stuff? Am I allowed to report on their reporting of that stuff? All right, there you have it. Anyway, I, I just I don't know how to even respond to some of these things because I'm giving you News that's credible. I'm giving you sources that all <laughs> kind of support each other. This idea that, you know what, they're hyping it too much. Well, they've got a real credible John Hopkins University professor saying the very same thing on Fox News. Okay? I've got this Robert Redfield, another doctor, saying the same thing that I've been saying. He literally reports this on CNN. I've told you about Dr. Corey, who believes that, hey, we're overhyping this thing, but a lot of people are dying not because they have to, but because we're not willing to look in the right places. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. And he says you got to go to ivermectin for the solution. Well, Dr. Corey, even though he tested before the Senate, very credible testimony, Congress critters alleged 
that he was political, and that's all it is. But the good Dr. Corey said, I'm not political. I've never been political. That has not, This has nothing to do with politics. This has nothing to do with Trump or Biden or anything. It has to do with, I am begging you people to look at these solutions because they are the answers. And then he proceeds to document in his practice and with his medical team. There's not just him. There's a bunch of them. They're all saying the same thing. There are inexpensive answers. There are simple answers to beat and or significantly reduce the death rate and the hospitalization rates from the COVID, from the coronavirus. And you look at that and you go, how come that's all being suppressed? Why, when I speak out about more people are dying from the vaccine in Israel in the elderly populations than from the COVID itself? Why, when this former CDC director, Mr. Robert Redfield, why can't we get the news out about what these people are saying? Oh, are they all just challenging the official narrative? Every one of them has a credibility crisis? Or at some point, do you say there's enough of us speaking out now? There's enough of us asking the right questions. There's enough people who are experts in their fields who are speaking out to say, you know what? The official narrative is not to be trusted. You got the WHO saying, hey, this just came out of a, I don't know what you call it, but a, what do they call that thing? It's like a wet meat market kind of a thing or whatever. Hey, it just spontaneously came out of that there, jumped from animals to humans, by golly. And we're supposed to believe that narrative when they have no evidence for that narrative? Yeah. That's the problem. And then we say, well, it came out of a lab. And then they say, you're crazy. You don't have credentials. And then I come back and say, well, Dr. Robert Redford has credentials. He's not crazy. He says COVID-19 came from a Wuhan lab and started months earlier than we knew. Well, wow, that's what I've been saying this whole time. And all the supposed credible mainstream news, what have they been doing? They've been lying to you for well over a year. They've been telling you that my narrative is false and fake and bogus. Now it's me and Robert Redfield speaking out. It's me and the folks in Israel that have credibility speaking out. And then I get shut down on Twitter. And the only way that I can come back on Twitter is if I apologize. And I support the official narrative of the government. There's one problem. They're lying to you, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not. Let me say that again. They're lying to you. And I'm telling you the truth. Now, we're told the truth shall make you free, and I pray that's true. Right now, though, the problem is the truth just gets you banned from Twitter. The truth just might get you sued, huh? If you don't believe me, just ask Fox over election fraud. Yeah, you got the, uh, what do they call those, the voting machine makers? Literally suing everybody to get them to shut up about vote fraud now. Hang tight. I'm Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. 
Yeah, sure. We're all gonna have regrets. But talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. Time flies when you're having fun, huh, ladies and gentlemen? This is hour one, last segment of, man, I'm not even getting to the news fast enough. What do I need to do, talk faster? Maybe I just ought to not repeat myself, right? If I don't repeat myself, though, then you might miss key things. That's why on the radio we repeat a lot. It's not that we're dumb and we don't know we already said it. It's that we want you to make sure you got it. We want to make sure that when you're driving down the road and you're kind of uh, your attention span done turned off, right? We want to make sure you kind of come back and go, what? Wait, wait, what did he just say? And then if I don't repeat anything, then you don't know, right? It's that kind of stuff. So John Hopkins School of Medicine professor, Dr. Marty Macri, blasted the mainstream, the physicians, Anthony Fauci, the CDC, the WHO, everybody for hyping this idea of how horrible, dire predictions, if you will, on the Spread of coronavirus. He's saying, you know what? When you cry wolf so many times, you get a credibility crisis. That's a serious concern. So he blasted them on that. And then former CDC director Robert Redfield basically says, hey, man, the COVID virus came from a lab, folks. Don't lie. It came from the Wuhan lab. And you know what? It's been around months earlier than we thought it was. Yeah. I'm a virologist. I've spent my whole life with this. I should know. And if he was the only one speaking out, I might not give him the credibility. I might say, well, this guy ran off the rails on this one. But look, he's surrounded by all kinds of other people. Why are they hyping this more than they should? That would be a good question for the John Hopkins professor. Why are they lying about where the virus came from? I would ask Robert Redfield and others. All right, switching to a few other topics here, though. I don't know if you know this, but Twitter... said that it will not remove Melania Trump's naked pictures, which were posted by Cardi B, the rap chick, during her Twitter feed feud with Candace Owens. So this is a very strange deal. So you got Melania Trump, the president's wife. Well, the former president's wife, I should say. And I guess, you know, she used to be a model, and there's some naked pictures of her. And I guess those pictures um, got put online by Cardi B. 
And the reason they got put online from Cardi B is because Cardi B uh, has created this song. I won't even go into the details. It's so, uh, in my opinion, perverted <laughs> that you don't even really want me to go into it. But basically, uh, it you know has sexual terms about the female body, and it goes into all kinds of things that that we ought be not not be talking about on the radio, right? Anyway, so then Cardi B, when her song was promoted, then Candace Owens, well-known talk show host, well-known conservative female, spoke out and said, you know what, this is bad news. This is what's wrong with women. This is, uh, you know, (laughs) wow, we got to stop this. Then Cardi B then shot back at Candace Owens. Well, in the middle of this battle between Cardi and Candace, Melania pops up. I know it's very strange. But Melania popped up, and naked pictures went up. And so then people said, wait a minute, hold on. These naked pictures are violating your policies, Twitter. And Twitter said, oh, no, because Melania gave permission for those photos to be published or whatever. Uh, gave permission. It's okay. We'll leave those photos up. So now let me get this straight. you got a battle between Cardi B and Candace Owens. you got the former first lady in the middle of it with naked photos. And that's all okay on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. For those two to feud back and forth, for Cardi B to attack Candace Owens, for naked pictures of the first lady to be in the middle of that whole thing. Of course, they're not going to remove that from Twitter, by golly. But Sam Bushman telling you that, hey, more people are dying in Israel from the vaccines than they are the coronavirus. And I'm not saying that's a fact. I'm saying there's a study by credible physicians and scientists that's claiming that. And I happen to report that news. I get shut down from Twitter. But the feud porn folks are fine. It doesn't make any sense. But that's what you're seeing today. Now, Candace Owens says, quote, I am 100% suing Cardi. (laughs) I'm 100% suing Cardi. So there you have it. The battle goes on. Lawsuits everywhere. Uh, Naked pictures everywhere. But the shutting down of legitimate news from people like me happening everywhere as well. And sadly, the American people are just kind of wringing their hands going, ah, it's too bad. I don't like it when that's happening. I I think it's horrible. But but nobody willing to take any action. Nobody willing to do much about it. Nobody really speaking out very boldly against it, except for a few people like me, right? Country's going to heck in a handbasket, and everybody's just like, nah, yeah, it's really bad out there. It's horrible. And then, you know, I say we shouldn't be wearing masks, and people say, I agree. But then if I try to go into a place and not wear my mask, people are like, you're causing a scene. Would you just stop? Would you just, you're embarrassing. Would you just, and so then I'm the bad guy, right? All the mask mandators without evidence, they're the good guys. I'm the bad guy. Well, not really, Sam. It's just that it's awkward. I see. So we're just going to sell our liberty down the river because it's awkward. Who made it awkward? Oh, the people that want to steal your liberty. Then I speak up and say something. It's like, man, Sam, you're just, oh, boy. How do you deal with that, folks? Well, we ought to go back to, you know, checking out Millennia Trump's naked pictures on the Internet and watching the fight between Candace and Cardi, and that'll be okay, right? That's not awkward. I'm the awkward one for not wanting to wear a mask in a store. See how awkward that gets? Sam Bushman, the king of awkward. There you go. It's just crazy. But anyway, Candace Owens will sue Cardi. What over this thing called defamation? 
You ever heard of that? Yeah. So defamation lawsuits are going on everywhere. It's amazing, folks. <clears throat> You've got the um, vote fraud machine manufacturers now suing. Everybody's saying, hey, there's defamation. Uh, you've got, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, anyway, I pray for Candace Owens. I think she's a great moral leader, doing a good job. Um, but in my opinion, to, to wallow in the swamp with Cardi B is, a, you know, probably a waste of your time there, Candace Owens. And, you know, your likelihood of a lawsuit being successful is slim. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't stand up for what you believe in. And I'm not suggesting you shouldn't use your First Amendment rights to try to obtain some kind of a redress of grievance. You certainly have the right to a redress if you feel that's warranted. But at the same time, I've seen people go down that road and, hey, am I going to win against Twitter? Not without any money, I'm not. What about Dennis Prager and crew? You know, they've been working on trying to not be abused and slandered and have libel committed against them and all these things for quite some time. And they're struggling with success, and they've spent literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get justice, trying to say, look, you cannot do this to us, right? All right, there you have it. Now, you know how they say, well, we got to be very careful on social media. we got to watch the social media people because, man, that's where all the, you know, preceding the crimes chatter takes place, right? That's where all the chatter takes place regarding crimes. we got to watch the social media like a hawk. Well, there's a couple things you ought to know about that, too, before the end of the hour. Parlor, you know, the one they say is racist or whatever else, and it's the alternative right-wing kind of a social media service. It's a little bit like Twitter, but way right-wing and et cetera. Well, now it turns out that Parlor claims they repeatedly warned the FBI about threats well ahead of January the 6th. And the riot that took place. So now you got the capital scenario. You got the government telling the FBI and the government telling everybody, well, we didn't really know. That's the mainstream press narrative. We didn't realize it would be so bad. You know, but yet we have evidence that there were internal reports in the government that did warn over and over and over about problems. And now you have Parler, the social media service itself saying, Hey, we repeatedly warned the FBI about threats well ahead of the January 6th riots. So this narrative that they didn't know ahead of time and couldn't prepare, got caught flat-footed, not really real. Those are all lies, folks. And now those lies have been exposed. But see, if I tell you there's anything different than a bunch of Trump supporters um, went crazy, committed treason, uh, and create an insurrection at the Capitol. If I say anything different from the narrative on that, the mainstream, then they're just going to shut me down and say you're, you're involved in fake news. But Parler claiming they warned the FBI. Now, I would challenge the FBI. Release the evidence. Did they warn you? Do you have evidence of that? Hey, Parler, I would ask you the same thing. Why don't you prove to us you warned the FBI? Is there an FBI report on this? Is there documentation to this? I don't know, and I'm not saying it's true. What I'm saying to you is, Parler's saying it's true. They claim they repeatedly warned the FBI. Now, the FBI needs to prove that it's not true, or Parler needs to prove that it is true. I don't care which way you want to go on this. Parler makes a claim. I intend to believe their claim, and I want the government to let us know. Hey, is that true or not? And if it is true, I want to know where the breakdown occurred <laughs> at the FBI level, right? 
But believe it or not, the Department of Homeland Security loves <clears throat> big tech. Parler maybe not being in the mix, but Parler playing the role nicely in this case. The DHS, Department of Homeland Security, has now, or is now, I should say, deploying big tech to spy on the American people via social media. Yeah, it looks like the feds are hiring contractors compile lists of dissidents. Bob Unruh, WND.com, reporting this story. So now you've got literally Parler repeatedly reporting and warned the FBI, and now you've got the Department of Homeland Security saying, hey, we're going to be hiring contractors to really do this for real. The government, they say, is doing this in a very careful way that is mindful of privacy and civil liberties because its focus is on the narrative not on the people they say they say domestic violent extremism poses the most lethal persistent terrorism threat to our homeland today now i don't believe the government on that i think it's a big old lie i do believe there's an extremist threat but here's what i believe remember the story that i reported a couple of weeks ago the fbi and local law enforcement, all the way from the most local of levels, all the way up to the FBI, they knew Black Lives Matters were violent. <clears throat> they knew Antifa was violent. They knew that the Proud Boys, pretending they're the dissidents, dissidents, or dissidents, I'm sorry, dissidents of those people, right? We knew they were violent. And then we find out, according to the New York Times, that the FBI and all these different organizations knew the violence, knew the hostility of the Proud Boys, but looked the other way over and over and over and over. And now we have a capital crisis on the heels of that. So, ladies and gentlemen, the answer is not to give more information to your government. The answer is not for Parler to go to the FBI and say, hey, there's concerns. The FBI already knows their concerns. All right, the department of Homeland Security deploying big tech to get intel on what they call the domestic violent extremism. They've looked the other way and participated in it, folks. But they're using it to gain more control over all of us. And we sit back and do nothing. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I'm Sam Bushman, and I declare this nation shall endure. Get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? God save the Republic of the United States of America. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 27th. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our two of two. 
And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. The good Sheriff Richard Mack joins us from the road today. Welcome back, sir. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Excellent, did, sir. Uh, Where are you? My phone off of, I was taking my phone off of the uh, speaker. So anyway, thanks for having me this beautiful Saturday morning. You're absolutely welcome, sir. So where are you now? Well, I flew into Albany, and I'm up in the hills of uh, some area that I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, some good people are having um, a big rally here, a uh, seminar, and I'm speaking. Um, it starts at, a, at 11 Eastern time. And uh, so, anyway, flew in last night, and um, it's this is supposed to be really well attended. It's getting a lot of, a, of attention, and... Uh, several public officials are, have committed to be here. We'll see uh, how it does. But uh, even if it's just a bunch of people, uh, I shouldn't say just, even if it's we the people in this local area uh, that are trying to get something done and trying to spread the word about uh, the responsibilities and powers of the sheriff, well, so be it. That's what we're doing, and we're going to keep spreading that word until we can't do it anymore, until they make it illegal. <laughs> Well, it's half illegal. In Hawaii, it's kind of illegal. They started arresting people and beating people up. We're kind of having a similar issue. This is in what, New York, though? Yeah, this is uh, New York. And, oh, I got to tell you about when I landed. Um, the National Guard is guarding the, the hallways and telling everyone they have to fill out a COVID-19 form. And uh, they have tables and pens and and uh, papers for you to fill out, and you have to put all your information there, and you have to swear that you don't have COVID or that you haven't been around COVID or whatnot. I couldn't follow it very well, so I just put a few numbers there that nobody could read, uh, kind of quickly signed my name um, that you can't read that either, and I put the paper in the box, and I, I went on my way. So it was from the New York Health Department, but uh, people in uniform from the National Guard were the ones – ordering people to do it. All right. The there headline says, the headline says this relating to the point you're making right now, uh, Sheriff Mack. NY, that's New York National Guard, adds troops to airport screening. Yeah, National Guard News brings this to us. <laughs> this is serious. Yeah, it is. I was shocked because I'd just been to New York six months ago uh, during the summer, and uh, uh, Sheriff Carpinelli was taking me around, and we had a big rally at the uh, state capitol, and that's when Samantifa uh, and uh, BLM people showed up. And I remember telling you about that because uh, the patriots, supposedly, who were in the crowd, started pushing uh, the Black Lives Matter people around and surrounding them and threatening them and and we were the ones who were out of line, and I kept yelling at them to stop it and leave the people alone. And about half of the people listened to me, and about half of them did not. But to see now, because I went through that effort fine, no problem, no National Guard, but now uh, there's National Guard troops at every, not, at every terminal and every exit out of the terminals. 
All right, well, I don't know, exactly know how to respond to this, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just kind of tell you. The New York National Guard has screened more than 450,000 LN passengers since starting a mission to help the New York State Department of Health limit the spread of COVID-19. Now listen, 500 soldiers and airmen are now helping health department officials collect health data at 12 airports across the state of New York. Yeah, so there you have it now. You literally not only have uh, Washington, D.C. and the Capitol surrounded by, what, razor wire? You've literally got National Guard sleeping in parking garages in the nation's capital, and now you've got troops literally helping the TSA, of all people, uh, literally... I don't know what you want to call it, violate the people's rights. But now you've got literally soldiers everywhere, Sheriff. Yeah, I saw them, and and I said, what in the world? I thought they were recruiting at first because I saw the tables and I saw them, and they uh, loudly announced when you're walking through, come over to these tables and get your forms. You know, and seriously, I was thinking about just continue continue to walk out. And, in fact, the next time I'm just going to keep walking. And, and see what they say. If they try to detain me, I say, so you're detaining me to fill out a form? You know, so what? If I don't fill out the form, am I going to get arrested? You know, so I'm going to ask that next time. So on my way home tomorrow. You're not going to get arrested of, yet, Sheriff. You're not going to get arrested yet because they're slowly but surely ratcheting this up. They're going to be gentle with you at first, my friend. But over oh, time, yes, they will arrest you, and they're setting the stage for this to happen. So not only are they using New York as an incredible test bed, a liberal bastion, where uh, Cuomo uh, is literally um, upping the National Guard presence, okay? But then you got Hawaii. They're literally getting ex-cops to form a group of people that would work for the government to enforce the coronavirus uh, restrictions, to enforce yeah. mask wearing to enforce uh, you got to have a vaccine, to enforce that you've got to social distance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, but it gets worse because the American people love it, Sheriff. And what they're doing is, in my opinion, they're floating these trial balloons. And these trial balloons are to determine where the public is on such things. And if the public's with them, they're going to go hog on us all. So here's the latest headline. Glassdoor did the research. So I don't know if you know what Glassdoor is, but Glassdoor is a website that tracks employees across the nation. And they track uh-huh. employee salaries and employee satisfaction and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, it's called Glassdoor. Glassdoor just did a big research study, and it came back. 70% of employees want COVID-19 vaccines required to return to the offices survey shows. So now they're basically gauging the public, and the public wants to force vaccines, buddy. And so if they force vaccines, then that next comes, well, (laughs) we've all taken the vaccines, and, you know, we've required it to go back to work. And by golly, now what we got to do is we got to, you know what, not only do I have you fill out a form, but you got to show your vax card, Sheriff. And if you don't, you simply cannot fly. And so it'll first be, you know, cruises, 
Second, it'll be airlines. Then it'll be expanded to other transportation associated with the TSA buses and et cetera, et cetera. And then where will it go from here? They are backing into this uh, in a very tyrannical way. And if you speak out against it, you're a domestic threat. You got that? That's where they're headed, my friend. Sounds like it. It sounds very third worldish. I mean, troops guarding the airports and troops guarding and making sure you're filling out your forms. And I mean, that's as, that's as third world banana republic as you can get. And congratulations, Democrats. You've achieved third world status. And, and they would I'm say, blaming, well, I'm not blaming just the Democrats, but mostly the Democrats on this one. What we really need to do, Sheriff, is find out um, how to fix the environment that you've ruined now. That's our next goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, see, buddy, oh. we got you coming and going. You're getting hit by traffic going both directions. You don't know what to do. But I'll tell you this right now. The biggest problem is not only the environment, not only you're going to kill everybody with a cocoa, but your guns have got to stop, too. Oh, of course. Yeah, you know that. I mean, they tried to do it right when the COVID hit, when the coronavirus. When the coronavirus was the coronavirus instead of COVID-19, right at the beginning. Yeah, they were trying to take guns at the beginning. But uh, now there's mass shootings every other day. And and uh, so uh, that'll be it. That'll do it a lot better. The question so, becomes with all these mass shootings is how many of them are literally spontaneous shootings by mentally ill individuals, like they say? Uh, or how right. many of them have government provocateurs somehow in the mix, have psychotropic drugs somehow in the mix, have, you know, you kind of wonder how many are, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't know if I dare use that Manchurian candidate term, but how many of them are kind of led to this kind of on a primrose path idea? Uh, you kind of wonder how, what the real status of those things are. And I don't know any way that you can really get to the bottom of it without subpoenaing information, but good luck in court. They'll just say you don't have standing. Done. Next. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right, and the whole thing seems to be so uh, Gestapo-ish, and um, every day we're seeing something new on that. And, and I just I thought it was going to start getting better. Damn, what do you think? We just show, elected. Get worse. Hold on, we just elected Kamala Harris, a flat-out lady with complete ties to communism, sir. And Joe yeah. just simply said, "Hey, she's in charge, man, everywhere." Yeah, <laughs> and then somebody in the, uh, what was it, the, uh, what department said that Kamala Harris was not in charge of the border? Some other agency came out. I think it was Homeland Security. They came out and yeah, said Yeah, but Biden, Biden said she wrong. is. <laughs> Wait a minute, Biden wrong. Who's right? Who's running this here deal? Sadly, the answer is the communists, and we're surprised when it gets tyrannical. All right, hang tight. The good sheriff Richard Mack and Sam Bushman. Live on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental. 
where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Back to the live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman of the Good Sheriff Richard Mack on your radio. So, literally, Cuomo upping National Guard presence as the National Guard soldiers are literally making sure you fill out your COVID 19 forms when you get off the plane and on what 12 airports in New York is what we're talking about right now. And it's growing at an alarming rate. 70% of Americans, 70% of employees want the COVID vaccine required to return to the office and now sheriff the question is being asked can the government and can private employers mandate vaccines and the short answer on both is yes now why do you say yes uh because that's what government is saying <laughs> that's what the courts are saying well, that's what past precedence is saying that's what um employee so employer I... law is saying etc right yeah, but uh, there, I no don't buts. believe that applies. Well, I don't believe that applies in one. Yeah, instance. you're you're not relevant. You need to go to jail. Okay. Yeah, I probably will. Uh, maybe not right. on this issue, but on not filling out my next yeah. form. But, and but, and that's but, kind of the problem this. is here okay. is they're not they're not following the law, sheriff. This is what I'm trying to get at. They're not following the law. They're well, just saying that's the way we think it to be. Of course. But. I believe in any employee will have absolute irrefutable legal recourse against any em- employer who uh, makes this rule after their original contract and agreement. Uh, they can grandfather people in, but I don't believe there's any way that you can fire somebody who refuses to do something that wasn't originally in their contract or agreement of employment. Uh, I, I, and I think I think most of them will have a heyday with that, because the only way a judge could uh, rule the uh, the opposite direction is if they said, well, because of the uh, community need being so drastic, and because this is 
such an emergency, we're going to allow employers to go ahead and uh, violate their own contracts with their employees. Uh, that's the only way that the uh, human interest and human need of this it was so is so absolutely drastic uh, uh, that they'll go ahead and let them violate the Constitution and, and the contract laws of, of those uh, people. Otherwise, they can make it. They can make it a rule for employment to say uh, you must be vaccinated to get this job. So, well, I'm not going to. Well, you're not getting this job then. Goodbye. We'll get somebody who will. I believe that's uh, ruthless and cruel and mean, but I don't believe it's against the law. Well, you're absolutely right if you want to talk about facts of laws. But what they're doing in America now is they're obliterating the checks and balances. And they're literally just saying we think it to be there for its law. And if you try to challenge it, they say you don't have standing. We're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. So now lawmakers are literally calling on Joe Biden to make COVID-19 vaccinations mandatory. And see, he's not even the right branch of government to make law, but they want him to do it anyway. And 70% of the American people want that to happen. They want employers to force that to be the case. So now you're going to get the private sector forcing it, big business forcing it, publicly traded companies forcing it, the president of the United States forcing it to where we're not even looking at the lawmaking bodies for these mandates, sir. Yeah. Well, and, and two other things happened to me yesterday. One, uh, the guy that picked me up, Will Tryon, uh, took me to a grocery store, and I, I picked up a few uh, vegetables and fruits and stuff to snack on in my room. And um, they were offering uh, paper bags. And I said, if I ask for a plastic bag, are you going to have me arrested? <laughs> and... Uh, he says, no, but those uh, are against the law now, so we don't even have them. And it's a matter of choice if you have a, a paper bag. If you don't need one, we prefer you don't take any. But if you need a paper bag, then you can have one. So both my driver and I um, took a paper bag. Uh, so I was kind of looking at, what, are they going to now uh, arrest people for trying to use plastic bags? And then out in the parking lot, we were complaining about that and complaining about the mask. And a lady overheard us, and she says, yes, I hate these blankety-blank things, too. And, and yesterday I was at the bank and using the ATM, and they came out and told me that I had to wear a mask when she was outside on the ATM, Sam. And there was nobody near her. And uh, so she said, so you're going to force me or arrest me or something like that? Uh to, to uh, have a mask on outside on an ATM? And uh, they said yes. Do you know what they're going to start to goes, do, okay. don't you? So, yeah, well, this is what the lady said. Okay, I'll put on a mask, and I'm going to go in and do my banking inside because I'm withdrawing the $20,000 and canceling my account with you stupid people. And so she did. She well, and she's she smart, but here's what they're going to start saying. They're going to start saying to you, you can't get your money out or do business with your bank uh, if you don't have a mask, if you don't have your vaccination, if yeah, you don't have your... Uh, they're literally going down that road, buddy. That's where they're headed. Yep. And I know some people yep, would say, good. Sam, this program is just too negative. And my response is, if I'm providing the warning bell for Americans to stand up and stand up now, make a valiant stand and do it now, and I'm telling yep. you how tyrannical it's becoming... And I'm warning about that ahead of time. Am I the negative one? 
Well, exposing negativity can be, you can be accused of being negative when you're exposing negativity, but uh, I believe exposing the truth like that uh, helps us better be prepared for what's coming. And uh, I'm not going to tell all the bad things about government. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Isn't that the purpose of freedom of the press? It used to be, but now I'm not sure. The American people are literally starting to go against everything that I hold dear. 70% want employers to mandate vaccinations before people can return to work. Okay, this is pretty soon. The government's just saying we're doing what the people want, Sheriff. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, we're just helping. We're taking care of people and making them safer. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And, Sam, I'm wondering if they can make an argument for that by using the Declaration of Independence. We're here protecting life. Uh, yes, we're not doing too well on protecting liberty, but what's good liberty going to do if you're all sick? So we're protecting life by making all of you stay safe, whether you like it or not. And uh, you can't pursue happiness if you're all lying in bed sick. So is that the argument they're going to make? Because... Well, they're just like going to simply say headed. that they're simply going to say those who won't take vaccines are playing Russian roulette with society's safety. Right. So I can't wait to see the first film of uh, cops hogtying somebody and injecting them with the COVID-19 vaccination. See, I don't think they're going to do it that way, though. That's just too hostile. That isn't the peaceful communist way, buddy. Yeah, but sooner or later, it's got to come to that. No, all we got to do is because tie up financial a, issues. Yeah, but that's the only way you you and I are going to take it. I'm, I don't see you and me taking it any other way. Yeah, but what if they force you financially? What if they just simply say you can't have access to any money and you can't conduct any transactions unless you have the CocoVax card? Yeah, yeah, I've considered that, and, and uh, that's why we better have good food storage. And, <laughs> um, you know, that's maybe that's the reason the church has told us for a hundred years to have food storage. Yeah. You don't it have could to certainly be one of them. And I, and and I'm not you know saying saying that really Richard Mack is 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 any problem. I'm saying all of us are like this though. You know what are you going to do? They probably won't hold you down and force the jab, but they will probably make it inconvenient. I mean, there's literally colleges now saying you can't make, you can't come back to college unless you get your vax card, sheriff. Yeah, well, it's it's a uh, a long way to temporary, man. I uh, what's your uh, Sam, what's your speech what, in New York going to be about today? Oh, it's my same presentation. You know, the Constitution for citizens, the Constitution for law enforcement, the law. My my normal uh, presentation, starting off with, uh, oh, you know what? <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, you know the this. Uh, video clip from YouTube that I put on my presentation about uh, Deputy Stan Lenick. Well, do you remember where that happened? Which one is this? Deputy Stan Lenick, when he stood up for those people. Oh, yeah, it happened in New York at the airport. It happened in Albany, and I'm in Albany, and I turned that on to try to test the system last night, and people... As soon as they saw the reporter, go, hey, she's from Albany. I watch her all the time. Oh, there's another reporter from Albany. I go, I forgot completely that this happened right here. 
Well, there are people standing up for the sacred cause of liberty, and that is the positive takeaway. I'll tell you that right now. The sheriff with me, Sheriff Richard Mack, on the road in Albany and surrounding areas in New York now, coming to you live on Liberty Roundtable. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Justice will not be swift for the Colorado shooting suspect. Boulder County District Attorney Michael Darty saying yesterday that the trial of Ahmad and Lisa will likely take at least a year. Darty also giving an update on the investigation. The investigation is progressing rapidly. All the agencies involved and committed to ensuring justice is done have been working incredibly hard day and night as they will throughout the weekend to make sure that all the information that can be learned about the shooter, the victims, the witnesses, King Supers, any connection between all of those becomes known. The 21-year-old Elisa charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder for Monday shooting at a Boulder grocery store. More charges pending. Today marks the fifth day a stock container ship is blocking shipping in the Suez Canal in Egypt. At least two attempts planned today to free the ship. If unsuccessful, the ship could remain stuck until Monday when a rising spring tide could free it. This is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold sold gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Jackin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Allen Root Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. All students could be back in classrooms by the end of the year. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona saying this week his goal is for 100% of schools to offer in-person learning as soon as this fall. You know, the goal really is to uh, provide in-person learning options for as many students as possible, as quickly as possible, and as safely as possible. Uh, and we know we can do it. There are examples across the country where it can be done. And uh, that is our goal, pre-K through 8, definitely. But we're not let, uh, leaving out our high schoolers who also need to be a part of that school community and engage with their, co- with their peers and their teachers. Cardona on ABC's The View yesterday. He also says it will not be mandatory for everyone to be vaccinated before re-entering schools. Three more states, Kansas, Minnesota, and South Carolina, announcing yesterday they'll allow residents 16 and older to get vaccinated next week. Meanwhile, former CDC director Dr. Robert Redfield telling CNN yesterday it's his opinion the virus started when it escaped from a lab in China. The WHO, though, calling that extremely unlikely. They maintain the virus started in bats before spreading to humans. This is USA Radio News. Live, ladies and gentlemen, the good sheriff Richard Mack with us on the road. He's in the surrounding area of Albany, New York now. And he gives a presentation about the sacred cause of liberty, about one's oath of office, about what proper peace officers should be doing. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, 
case point examples that he uses is Stan Lenick, who was from Albany, New York, who in an airport defended the citizenry uh, from abuse from, uh, what, the TSA pretty much. Uh, and uh, the bottom line is now he's in Albany giving a speech and he was kind of highlighting a couple things like that. And they're like, hey, we know these people. It just goes to show that even in the most liberal of places, good, honest people can stand up uh, to protect liberty, Sheriff. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of fun that uh, uh, as many times as I've shown that thing in the last seven or eight years, that uh, finally ended up in its own backyard. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, yeah, this is Albany, isn't it? So uh, I think it's going to have a special effect for me today when I start it with that, because people are really going to recognize it as being from their own town. So anyway, I can't wait to do it. Um, and uh, people are already coming in. Uh, registration technically starts in about 15 minutes. And you really need to let people know that across the country, Sheriff, in all of your speeches right now, you need to let people know that people are willingly starting to push for mandated vaccines. 70% of employees want vaccinations mandated in the workplace before they come back to the office. That's not government. That's the people. And you could say, well, that research is wrong, Sam. My response is, okay, challenge it. Go do your own research and report back and let me know. Until we have, this is glass door. They may be liberals in promoting the agenda. Who knows? But until you have another definitive study to challenge it, that's what they're claiming. So now the, the point is this. Somebody says, hey, doc, will I need proof that I got the COVID-19 vaccine? And the headline says, you may actually need a COVID vaccine passport to travel in 2021. So they're gearing up for it, sir. They're setting the stage for this all to be the case, whether it be colleges or stores or, you know, the same mask mandates. They're going to say, we want evidence that you're not playing Russian roulette with the citizenry regarding the COVID-19 virus. Now, I want to quickly contrast this with what I talked about first hour. There's a John Hopkins School of Medicine professor, Dr. Marty Macri, he blasted the government, Fauci and many others, for creating a crying wolf scenario. Basically, you know what? They've lost credibility. They've cried wolf and made this pandemic seem so out of control concerning, and it hasn't turned out that way to where they've lost credibility. Also, former CDC director Robert Redfield said COVID-19 did come from a Wuhan lab, and it started months earlier than we knew. He's blatantly saying that as well now. Okay, people are starting to push back, Sheriff, in very unique places. And that's what I think needs to happen to deal with these tyrannical leanings of those whom we've let lord over us these days. We've got to start pushing back, not in belligerent, crazy ways, not in violent ways, but in direct, peaceful, um, do you dare say Martin Luther King-esque ways, in civil disobedience ways. We have got to start to stand up. Or what's going to happen? Where are we going to go? And when 70% of the population is literally calling for mandated vaccines, I don't see how we can stop that a train unless we really get rolling. Well, if you, if you take the analysis from uh, John Adams in his book, uh, he said to his wife that a third of the people supported freedom and liberty in the war. A third were completely apathetic and didn't care. And one-third stayed on the side of King George the Third, it looks like that statistic seventy percent. Let's just say it was off by four percent. So sixty-six percent 
want the vaccine and a third still don't. It looks like maybe there's some more apathy that could be happening in there. But let's say, okay, two-thirds of American people want me not to do it. A third to fight back if we do it in mass is enough, and uh, we could win that easy. But the, the American people of that third, of that one-third, of that 33%, we have got to push back, just like you're saying. And it's it's got to be strong, it's got to be powerful, and it's got to be peaceful. And uh, I, I think you're absolutely correct. We must stand together uh, singing the hymns uh, as we did in Oregon uh, for the Hammonds. And uh, we've got to show everybody that, you see, they're trying to brand us right now as being violent and racist. And so we got to make sure everybody knows that we're not when we get out there and we're hand-in-hand with our brothers and sisters of of the black community, Hispanic community, Asian, uh, Native American. And we need all of us together to do that, and I think we could win it. I know we could win it. The only hesitation I have a little bit is, number one, we've got to be organized. And if they take away most of our tools, it's going to be very hard to get as organized as we want to and need to be. That's number one. Number two, I'm a little fearful they'll throw agent provocateurs uh, into the mix to derail everything we do. For example, Donald Trump literally had a million-plus people at a peaceful rally in Washington, D.C., and now they've literally whittled that down to everyone's an insurrectionist and a terrorist who was even thinking about attending. Glad you weren't even thinking about it, Sheriff. Yeah, well, you know, I thought about going to the January 6th rally for Trump. Uh Uh-oh, we better Uh, round you up But every time I thought about it, well, every time I thought about it, I said, no way. (laughs) I mean, I tried to consider any positive about it, and I just didn't see anything positive about it. Nothing. Uh, I don't see uh, a rally for Trump. When he's got two weeks left in his uh, presidency, I don't see that as being reasonable or effective. Uh, if if you're gonna if you're gonna call for an investigation, that's what he should have done. He should have ordered an investigation uh, right, the the day after the election. But he waited too long for that. Uh, and uh, if he was going to declare the insurrection act, he should have done that a lot sooner. I didn't see any of it being necessary or beneficial to anyone. And then when you add in to all the loonies from across the country that you know are going to be there, and especially the ones that are close to Washington, D.C., then absolutely not, Sam. No way. You're right about that. How do we prevent agent provocateurs from derailing our peaceful intent? Yeah, you don't. And, and, uh, you, you hopefully get a good investigation to expose it, but the way our media is today, they're part of it, and so uh, you don't. But you still take your stand, and you stand strong, and uh, you keep pushing back no matter what it costs. You've got to push back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious. We've got a lot of work to do. The good sheriff's right. We've got to work on it. And I think one of the best ways for us to organize, Sheriff, and the best ways for us to work on this is to involve ourselves with trusted, peaceful, organized groups already. So when you're with the John Burt Society, if you're with the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, if you're with the Family Research Council, if you're with Liberty Council, if you're with a lot of these peaceful 
you know, proven peaceful groups uh, who do their due diligence and do it right. People's Rights is another group. Uh, Am and Bundy and crew doing a good job, in my opinion. The more organized we are and the more vocal and the more public uh, we present in peaceful ways, the better. Because uh, if we say, hey, we've had 46 rallies and they've all been peaceful except for this one where some crazies went psychotic, then we stand a pretty good chance at controlling the narrative on that. Uh, On the other hand, if we don't affiliate with organized groups, if we just try to do a lot of things on our own, uh, I think it can backfire quite quickly. For example, Mark Zuckerberg, that's the Facebook CEO, don't you know? He just gave, or he gave $350 million not to a political candidate sheriff but directly to government paid election officials in hand-picked democrat strongholds to increase targeted voter turnout that's what we discovered in the latest hearings where he went and testified before congress Uh, we've uncovered that reality check mark zuckerberg gave 350 million specifically to target black Democratic districts for voter turnout, sir. Do you want to respond to that? And that is shocking. Yeah, well, I guess he's free to put his money where he wants to, even if it looks as corrupt as it obviously is. Um, But here again, you can follow the money trail. And with him and his cronies at Twitter and, and LinkedIn and all the others that are controlling our country right now, these are the people controlling our country right now, at least in part. And the money behind it, if you take Zuckerberg and, and all the others that uh, are there, and hate to say it, but Apple and uh, the billionaires of the, of the world and George Soros, they're the ones putting the money into all of this. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Sheriff A.J. Louderback from Texas talking about the border breaches and Biden and his communicate to the illegals. We'll be discussing that on Wednesday. Sheriff Mack, myself, and A.J. Ladderback will be there discussing it together. Thank you, Sheriff. Speak. Be safe. We'll talk soon. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? 
Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman back with you live. Final segment of the broadcast today. The good sheriff had to take off and gear up for a speech in Albany, New York. So he's, uh, anyway, he'll be with us next Wednesday. We're going to have Sheriff A.J. Louderback from Texas, along with the good sheriff, Richard Mack, talking about the border, talking about what sheriffs could do. Sheriffs are becoming the bellwether alarm system saying, you know what, we got a problem. we got a crisis at the border. So we'll be updating you on that coming up Wednesday. On the broadcast. So Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, gave $350 million, not to a specific political candidate, but rather directly to government-paid public officials, their election officials, and he did it to handpick Democrat uh, locations in an effort to sway the outcome of elections. All right? Stronghold in Democrat uh, areas to, um, what do they call it? Encourage voter turnout? <laughs> yeah. To increase what they call targeted voter turnout. Now, I agree with the good sheriff that Mark Zuckerberg can give his money to whomever he chooses. It's his money. and But the problem is the government officials taking that money, to me, seems like uh, partisan politics, conflict of interest, criminal intent, the whole litany of concerns, in my opinion, manifest themselves there, to say the least. So that's the kind of uh, situation we're dealing with in terms of money. Now, they say that H.R. 1, that's the bill designed to try to deal with this election stuff. They say it'll only add insult to injury. H.R. 1 will undermine our elections and will make these problems significantly worse. H.R. 1 is designed to put Democrats in power for every future election in America, we must stop this legislative piece in the Senate immediately, says Matt Staver of Liberty Council, lc.org, doing a great job. Thought I'd bring that to your attention. All right, I want to switch gears entirely for the last story of the hour. Brought to you in part by Raw Honey. Delivered directly to your door. To learn more, get a hold of Kurt. C-U-R-T at libertyroundtable.com or smile and dial you can call or text 801-669-2211. That's 801-669-2211. You can email Kurt at LibertyRoundtable.com. You can call or text 801-669-2211. You can go to his website, check it out, localhoneyman.com. That's localhoneyman.com. All right, the final story of the hour, totally switching gears. As you know, the Biden administration is doubling down on vaccines doubling down on uh, gun control, and doubling down on environmental issues. So the headline from the mainstream press, can the grid handle a boom in electric cars? USA Today writes this piece. 
And I believe they're not honest with the American people on this at all, folks. Now, I've joked about this over the years, but I'm deadly serious, even though I joke. You know, folks, it's amazing to me that we're using corn for our fuel. And I say, that'll be really great. We'll use all the corn for our fuel and you'll drive around hungry. It's just a little joke to kind of highlight, in my opinion. Look, why would we take our food and turn it into fuel? Uh, but there you have it. Well, now they're doing a similar thing when it, regard, when it comes to our electricity. All right, so they say, do we have enough electricity to power the coming flood of electric vehicles? Can the grid handle a boom in electric cars? You say today. <clears throat> and they say the answer is clearly yes. They say, yes, we do, but the details matter. First, they say, don't be snowed by automakers seemingly giving you daily announcements of EVS. What is that? Electronic vehicles? Is that what it stands for? All right. They want you to believe that, hey, the electric vehicles are everywhere. The vast majority of vehicles, ladies and gentlemen, built, sold, and especially currently driven in the United States will continue to use internal combustion engines for years to come. EVS is what they call them. Are growing fast. And the technology does improve every day. That's all true. If you don't see them on the road regularly now, odds are that you will soon, they say. And they use a ton of... A lot of electricity. The 88 kilowatt, or let's see, KWH battery. Yeah, kilowatt battery, 88 kilowatt battery that can carry a rear drive Mustang 300 miles. So let me explain this to you carefully. The 88 kilowatt battery that could run a Ford Mustang for 300 miles could power a modest house for several days. Of course, they say, depending on the time of year and other variables. Now, do you understand what they just told you? They just told you that a 88-kilowatt battery that runs a car, and we're talking about a Mustang. It's not a huge car. The amount of electricity that it takes to move that car 300 miles is what it takes to run your house, <laughs> your modest house for several days, depending on the time of year and other variables, meaning how much heat you need, et cetera, et cetera, right? Do you need AC? What do you need? A single commercial DC fast charger, the kind that uses 400, 800 volts, and can charge a vehicle in 20 to 40 minutes, can draw as much power as 50 homes. That's according to the Department of Energy. Think about that. That worries some people, and not without good reason. I'm one of them, folks. They feel like we're trading a reasonable, a reasonably reliable source of energy petroleum energy for something that's of unknown cost 
unknown stability with electricity. Relax, the experts say. Well, now you know there's trouble. When the experts tell you to relax and they deny any trouble, (laughs) they don't smell a rat in Denmark. You know that it's bad, folks. They say the U.S. has more than enough electricity, uh, more than enough electrical generating capacity to power every ES or EVS or electronic vehicle to hit the road through 2028. Now, according to a recent study by the Department of Energy, the electric grid, they say, is well-equipped to supply the power for EVS now and in the near term. Said Samantha Houston, she is vehicles analyst at the Union of Concerned Scientists. She says it's a non-issue. A 2020 report by the Department of Energy concludes through 2028, we're okay. The overall power system from generating uh, power transmission looks healthy up to about 24 million electronic vehicles. That's 16 times the roughly 1.5 million operating in the U.S. today currently. They say the transition to electric vehicles will take place over many years, said Rob Phil Cole, he's general manager of sustainable energy supply and reliability at General Motors, right? He says automakers are working with the utility companies to optimize the electricity usage and delivery. The key is for electric vehicle owners to do most of their charging at night, they say. I think this is a flat out lie, but we'll go on. When a lot of the electricity generating capacity that already exists is currently idle overnight. Detroit-based utility company charged about 15,000 electric vehicles in southeast Michigan and about 22,000 across the state. They say about 90% of charging takes place outside of peak hours, generally between 11P and 7A. Residential users can sign up for a discounted rate during the nighttime period. Anyway, then they go on and they say 11 cents a kilowatt under the special plan compared with 24 cents the rest of the day per kilowatt hour. They say charging at roadside commercial facilities will charge will cost more. How much varies? It depends on the location, just like your gasoline does. Yeah. They say there are thousands of megawatts that are online during the day and offline at night. That can charge a lot of electronic vehicles. Optimizing timing, in other words, off-peak charging, is the key to this exercise, they say. Now, let me stop you there. What about grid-busting peaks? They say, don't worry, utilities are upgrading uh, their facilities to handle that. I submit to you that it's a complete lie. Let me tell you how I know it's a complete lie. Um, You think that Texas had an ice storm that required people to use more electricity and therefore, boom, we trashed the grid in Texas? You think it would be better 
if you literally put a car that needs to go 300 miles and it could run a home for several days of electricity, you think putting those cars on that grid is going to help? We have plenty, plenty of capacity. The Texans might disagree. They might not even need an ice storm to go offline. What about the California and other rolling blackouts that have occurred over the last many, many years? Every summer, people crank up their ACs in the middle of the day, and whoa, boom, the grid crashes or rolling brownouts and blackouts occur across the state. Boom, but a boom, boom, boom. Any storm that downs trees takes out electricity. You think that putting these cars, I mean, these things suck power like you would not believe. Literally to go 300 miles in my car is like a several days amount of electricity that could run my home. And we're going to double down and use the list of electricity. And I bring up concerns and they look at me as the experts and say it's a non-issue, Sam. Wait a minute. Aren't we taking coal fire power plants down left and right? Replacing with non-sustainable energy solutions? Aren't we right now? We're not ready for the grid to handle way more usage. Not even close. And to say we are is dishonest with the people. You say, well, timing matters, Sam. We have the capacity at night. Yeah. And what guarantees that everybody's going to charge their cars at night? What guarantees that you can balance all that electricity? Well, we're working on it, Sam. You're not going to work on it by shutting down all the coal-fired power plants and going to wind or going to hydro or going to solar. That ain't working. Just ask the Texans. Just ask the California brownout blackout people. Folks, this is psychotic. But it seems like everything in society we're doing these days is psychotic, huh? All right, hopefully the two hours were full of news and educational information to help you go out in the world and make a difference. Please do it. Please get involved. Please make it a great day. Please choose the right. Please donate at libertyroundtable.com or lovingliberty.net. We declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. This nation shall endure. God save the republic.